Welcome to the Be Transformed podcast, where we're having ongoing digital discipleship conversations about when and where the kingdom and the culture collide. Episode 26, Seven Keys to Success. Number five, money. Money is always either our master or our slave. That's a Latin proverb. This is what Jesus said. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Matthew 6, 24. You know what's really interesting? The devil is not an option here. <laughs> so he's like, it's not, it's not like you're going to serve the devil or you're going to serve God. It's like you're going to serve God or you're going to serve mammon. And I think that that's a very, very interesting thing to think about. People are like, oh, money doesn't matter to me. Well, you spend 64 hours a week pursuing it. So when we say it doesn't matter, that's not actually accurate. And so with money, we have to learn to put it in its proper place. And um, God is first. And so I can't have a healthy relationship with God if I have an unhealthy relationship with money. And so my relationship to God is the relationship that then redefines how I interact and how I engage with money. This is something very elementary, and this is very basic, but that is also the principle of the tithe. The the tithe is honoring God and giving Him first. So it's the first 10%. Um, And that's a powerful principle because that teaches me to live with less than I make, but it teaches me, more importantly, to honor God first. And so just because I tithe doesn't necessarily mean I have a healthy relationship with money, but this is where it begins. Another uh, thing with the tithe is it says that your vines will not bear fruit before their time. So part of the promise of the tithe is that God will not give you a blessing that will destroy you. So learning uh, to put him first actually is one of the things that helps you last And it it puts roots in your tree so that the roots can handle the fruits. So you because what happens is if your if your vines bear fruit before their time, the tree will flip over because the roots can't hold the fruits. And if you get blessed before your time, this is what happens with people. They get uh, more favor than they have wisdom, more talent than they have character. And they destroy themselves. And so part of honoring God with a tithe is actually saying, I'm gonna put you God, put God first, and God says, I'm gonna, I'm gonna lock, I'm gonna look out for your long-term life, and I'm gonna I'm gonna be interested in you and protecting you and preserving you long term. Mm. So uh tithing is important because it makes um what we're doing in God sustainable and it shows him that we honor him first. Now, um the question is this with money, it's not how much money do you have, it's how much does money have you? And one of the things that I learned is that it's very possible to not have money and money to have you. Mm-hmm. And so th- there's no like easy way to deal with this. This is something that God has to go in and do a really deep work in your life and really transform your value system or else you won't really understand money and you'll always work for it and it'll never work for you. Yeah. And I think that to unreligify money, the goal is so that money would work for us 
and we wouldn't work for it. And I think that's part of being wise and being an investor is positioning ourselves in putting God first, learning Him to, to trust Him in this resources, uh, in our resources, so that we can, in our heart, trust Him, so that we can then use our head wisely. Mm. Um, I find that many times, if people can't connect to something here, it, the problem is only eighteen inches away. <laughs> It's usually a heart issue. And you you see this a lot, too, with, like, doctrine. Like, someone gets into a strange doctrine, and then you find out, wow, they had a profoundly disappointing experience with a death in the family, and now they're cessationists, and they don't believe God heals simply because, you know, their relative wasn't healed. Mm-hmm. And it's like, my mom died of cancer, but God is still a healer. You, you know, it's like, I'm not happy she died of cancer, but I don't rearrange my... Uh, theology based on a tragedy. Pastor Jason Alvarez told me that never change your theology because of a tragedy. And um, I think that that's that's something that we need to really, that's a real nugget of wisdom as it relates to doctrine, uh, value systems, not allowing a tragedy to corrupt our theology and our understanding of the ways of God that are clearly revealed in his word. So um, this is, uh, I think, something that is very important. John Maxwell says this, that money will not make you happy, but debt will make you unhappy. (laughs) It's a lot of unhappiness in our country right now then. Yes. Yeah. You know something? Um, Money is a moral issue. How so? I'll give you an example. It's very possible, and I don't want to sound insensitive to people who have fell on hard times because I've been there myself. Mm-hmm. But when I when I get in debt and I cannot pay that debt, that becomes a character issue and an issue of integrity because I put my my name my name is less valuable than what I want. Mm-hmm. That's a character issue. Yeah. And if you, when I I was learning about this, these lessons the hard Mm -hmm. way, Mm -hmm. the Lord said to me, as it relates to to MasterCard, how long is MasterCard going to be your master? Mm -hmm. He said to me, how much are are you going to keep giving your future away? Yeah. So we paid all of our debts, didn't interact with credit cards for years. Now we use them. I only buy something that I have money for and they pay me. Mm But I used to be the the idiot that was giving someone else a first class upgrade on the the interest for me not, you know, me accruing debt. Mm-hmm. So I I know what it's like for Mastercard to be the master, yeah, and I know what it's like for Jesus to be Lord, and I I think that it is possible to fall on hard times, and I don't want to sound insensitive to people who legitimately have fell on hard times. But if you look deeply, you'll find most of the time it becomes a character issue. Yeah. Um, so would you say um, depth is a byproduct of lust? Absolutely. Not all lust is sexual. Yeah. I'm talking about like material yeah, lust. Yeah. yeah materialistic yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, a, a longing where you have to have something now. Mm-hmm. And when you think about, you think about love and the difference between love and lust, right? Love is patient. Lust can't wait. Mm. So what debt is <laughs> to darkness, so to speak, um, compound interest is to investing. 
I don't know if that's a, that's not actually the best uh, mm. analogy, but what I'm trying to say is like the 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 pain of having to wait is greater is less than the pain of having to overpay for something because yeah. you couldn't wait. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So yeah. if I invest, that means that I, I I feel some pain now because I say, well, no, that two hundred dollars is not going toward what I want. It's going into an investment, you know, yeah. for later, mm-hmm. which I'm not going to feel matters until I take it out later. Yeah. So there's a sense of where I'm suspending gratification and I'm making a wise choice. I'm saying no to myself now so that I can say yes to myself later. Yeah. And usually that thing you want now, it depreciates in value anyways. Most of the things people buy yeah. on credit cards absolutely depreciate. Yeah. Not even just in value and the worth, but just even your connection to it. You just like after a while, just like, was that even worth it? Yeah. Well, yeah. well, think about it. So you you buy something now, you have the temporary gratification and the temporary satisfaction, but you wind up paying a lot more for what you bought yeah. because of interest, which is the opposite of an investment. Mm-hmm. In investment, you you make a small uh, payment now for a bigger uh, payment later yeah. so it, it's almost like patience does lead to prosperity and lust will lead to poverty mm. like like for example let, let's let's talk about something practical uh, let's say a man cannot be faithful to his wife chooses not to be faithful um his wife goes i had it i'm divorcing you now he's going to pay child support now it's going to cost him thousands of dollars a month not even to be able to live in the same house as his own children so due to his lack of self-control and due to lust there are economic implications that not only hurt him but break the children yep spiritual damage so so that's an example of if if you if you are operating in lust and there will be economic implications. There are economic implications of sin. Whether mm-hmm. people acknowledge that, don't acknowledge that, want to be honest about it, want to be forthright about it or not, mm-hmm. the wages of sin is death and death isn't cheap. And then you have some other guy raising your child. Mm-hmm. What if he's an abuser and you don't know? Now you're putting your children in a position to be abused Right. Let's say you have yeah. a, a a pretty little teenage daughter, and and the woman, your wife, that you damaged, doesn't know that the next guy that she gets involved with is is not a good person, and then he, let's just say, molests the daughter, mm-hmm. because that man couldn't keep it in his pants. He put his daughter in a position to be molested. So not only this is I, I know that this is a an aggressive role playing scenario. But, but it's not uncommon though. It's not uncommon. That's the sad thing. Yeah. It's not uncommon, mm-hmm. and so our relationship to money, um, and sexuality, economics is ethics. Yeah. You, you can't say I have ethics without an understanding of economics. So, yeah. so those are inseparable. Mm-hmm. And and so um, yeah, this is this is really a situation. Um, Having a biblical understanding of money is essential if we're going to live powerful and purposeful lives. We need to understand where money comes from, uh, what is its purpose, and how to handle it wisely. We need to make sure that we use it and it doesn't use us. Um, 
you know, the goal is, you know, you start out making money. The end result should be money begins to work for us. Wise investors are those who have self-control and discipline and have learned how to have money work for them. Money is not evil. It's the love of money that is the root of all evil. Um, Another thing to think of is that Satan is a thief. Satan is broke, which is why he's a thief. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. In Haggai 2.7, we learn this, that the silver and the gold is mine, says the Lord. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the foundation of any real real economies, not fake stuff, yeah. not ethereal, uh, you know, made up stuff, but real currency that, that should be, you know, monetary system that, that, that's rooted in a real uh, resource in the earth, mm-hmm. you know, a real natural resource, uh, the foundation of that belongs to the Lord. Yeah. The Bible says that the meek will inherit the earth. So our inheritance is in the earth, and we have to understand that that all of this belongs to the Lord, so at best we're stewards. Yep. If we don't have an understanding of stewardship, we'll be unfaithful. Yeah. Even Christians, like if I think that the Lord is 10% and then 90 belongs to me, I, I, I will not, I will not be wise yeah. because basically I can waste 90 as long as I give 10. Mm-hmm. That's, that's not the goal of money. Um, and so I don't know if you know the story of Lord and Taylor. No, I don't. Yeah. The, the department. Yeah. Yeah. Store. Yeah. Lord mm-hmm. and Taylor. Mm-hmm. So that, so I, I believe that if you, if you research it, mm-hmm. Lord, uh, they, they were putting the Lord first. Oh. Um, and, and so I think that what happened is the goal was to live off 10%. Mm. and give 90 now you you have to fact check me i'm i'm willing uh to come under the scrutiny of fact checking and i don't mind being wrong but if my memory serves me correctly i believe that 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 Mm. is part of the story of lord and taylor and so it's like imagine being so wise with money and so good with money that you could give 90 percent and live well off 10 percent Right. Imagine that. Just I'm just trying to kind of expand people's mind because it's really hard to have a poverty mindset and think that you're going to represent the kingdom or make a great impact in the earth with a a mentality, with an orphan mentality and a spirit of lack. Yeah. Um, I mean, one of the most elementary principles is the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not lack. So if he's leading, he's not leading me to a place of lack. Yeah, he's leading me to green pastures, still waters. He's bringing restoration to my soul. Um, you know, th- th- that is all metaphors mm-hmm. for abundance. Yeah, internally first, but then it also works out in the re- in the reality of he sets a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Yeah, that's speaking of favor. Mm-hmm. Only powerful people can eat in the presence of their enemies. Yeah, um, and and so the prosperity of soul to moving into positions of power, but stewarding them well with wisdom as we walk with the Lord. I mean, these are all things that as we walk with the Lord as ambassadors of the kingdom that we have to understand. Yeah. You know, just to share a little bit about my story, you know, my parents came from poverty. You know, they grew up without a father. They're very poor. So in the 80s and 70s, a lot of Koreans came to the States because that's where you had opportunity. You You didn't need an education. You just need to hustle. So they did that. So I grew up, you know, with my 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 parents working hard and they did well. Yep. But I realized that that poverty mindset is there even when you have money. Even when yes. you, even when we had money, when we were successful, we're moving on up in the in the socioeconomic status. 
Um, and you could tell because it's the money that made us feel confident. It's the money that made us feel big and powerful. So when it's, when it was gone, it's like you're nothing. Mm-hmm. And I realized, wow, that's that poverty mindset. But yeah. another thing is when I came into the, the kingdom, when I got saved, I had such a, a, a greed, a hunger for money. I thought I had that misconception that money was bad in the kingdom, that you shouldn't go after money and all that. So I just said, all right, I'm not going to care about money. But that's the wrong thinking, too. Yeah. Yeah. It's easy to embrace the extremes. Yeah. All money's evil. I'm done. I don't want no money. Or I'm going to spend my life on money and I don't care. That See, that is not a healthy orientation of a steward. Yeah. So what I want to do, right, is, and, and this transcends economics, but this is an important expression of it. I want to learn to put the Lord first in all things. So if I'm having a really difficult day, I want to put him first in that difficulty. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to have a meltdown on someone. I want to say, God, help me. You know, yeah. I want to strangle everyone. But, you know, help me. Or, or if I have a great opportunity that is lucrative, but we don't know what it really is. Before I say yes or move, I want to, I want to seek the Lord. Yeah. I, you, you know, if I'm... You know, if someone writes me a $10,000 check without batting an eyelash, I, I want to write that first thousand because I want to honor him first. Mm-hmm. I cannot make wise moves if I don't make the first wise move. Yeah. So if I don't put him first, first, mm-hmm. all the other moves don't matter. Yeah. Before you even spend it in your head, Be- it's before the Lord first. anything, even yeah. before I put. Before I even consider my future, mm-hmm. I consider him first. Yeah, that's good. So, so, so it's like, okay, I want to consider him first. Boom. Let, let's do a, a breakdown of $10,000, let's just say. This is practical for people who are listening. Someone gives you $10,000. Boom, here's what you do. First, first 1000 to the Lord without even batting, without even flinching. After that, take 1000 consider your future. Don't trust in that thousand, but believe that God is giving you a future, that there is a hope and a plan and a purpose for that future. So you're honoring that and acknowledging that, and you put another thousand away. Now you ask yourself, I want to give an offering to the Lord. Maybe I want to get something for myself. Maybe I have a bill I need to pay. Get in the habit of learning to live with less than you make. Because if you ever have to borrow money, wouldn't you rather borrow money from yourself? <laughs> you know exactly. what I mean? Like, yeah. it's not like you're going to show up at the ATM and club yourself, you know? <laughs> yeah. You know, just this is this is practical. But I think that if, our, if we have a understanding of being stewards and we have a long-term vision, then we'll make better short-term decisions. The more I consider my future, the more I make better long-term decisions, which for a long time I did not because I was so caught up in the grind and in the difficulty, especially in the ministry in the beginning of things, that I, I, couldn't, I couldn't see anything except, you know, my next Robert Graham shirt <laughs> or, or, you know, paying off the debt that I had because that, mm. that was, I mean, that's how in the midst of, this lesson I was getting learned. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. then I had a Canadian stock guy who really helped me. He said, don't punish yourself mm-hmm. as you're paying off debt. You know, don't buy things you can't afford, but 
don't don't stop treating yourself and don't stop living. Yeah. And when I went through a season, me and my wife went through a season of paying off debt. What we did was we um, we acknowledged our debt and we assumed responsibility for it. And what I did is I created an Excel sheet and I put down all the debts that I had. And I said, I have debt. Debt doesn't have me. And then uh, my friend Abner Suarez, a prophet, things that God really starting. And I'll just a few of them. Um, another one was I was really struggling. You know, uh, we planted a church. It was very difficult. And I said, Lord, I'm really upset. Uh, I need to do more for my wife. Everything I like isn't cheap. I'm really in trouble here. I'm really upset. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm upset. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying, Lord, what am I going to do? He said, I want you to give more money to the poor. I said, the poor? I'm poor. I, I'm upset. I, you know, in our mm-hmm. heart. Since then, that number has multiplied exponentially a week. Wow. And that was one of the keys that the Lord brought favor and increase to. I also realized that when you have an emergency fund, it seems that you have less emergencies. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> the money's the emergency. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's like when you're broke, it's like a flat tire feels like, a you know, the end of the world. And, um, and so I've been there. So maybe you're watching this or listening and you're really struggling. I just want to say there is hope. There is a way out. Follow the instructions the Lord gives you. Mm-hmm. Look into his word. It's a roadmap to prosperity on the inside and prosperity on the outside. Apply the truth. Work the truth. The truth works, but you have to work the truth. You yep. have to do what God says to reap the benefits of that. And um, yeah, so it's and also it's important that stewards have self-control. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, your children will will learn how to interact with money based on how you interact with money. Mm-hmm. Like we never talk about needs or money issues in front of our children. They don't experience that. Yeah. You know, we have to, as a parent, you know, you have to do your best <laughs> to shield your children from things that their soul is too young to be concerned about. Cause then they grow up with, with an insecurity that's unhealthy because they were around conversations that were not meant for them. Yeah. You know, and this is just a free parenting tip. Um, uh, Here's another one. And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers as this day. Deuteronomy 8.18. God gives power. The word power there means ability or capacity and strength, so that the wealth of the earth belongs to the Lord, and he gives his covenant people power to get wealth for the purpose of establishing uh, his covenant. So, mm-hmm. so the purpose of wealth is to spread the covenant. Who's the covenant? Jesus is the covenant. We're in a new covenant, and so God gives us power to get wealth, not for wealth to get us, but to get wealth, to continue to spread the good news into all the world. And the good news is, uh, like for example, the other day I had a woman contact me, and she said, uh, she's a friend of the ministry, she used to come to the church, she said, I'm going to Uzbekistan to visit family, and would you order some uh, some water filters and I'll pay you? Mm. And I thought, this is an amazing thing because this is the heart of God for all of the families of the earth to be blessed. You see? So even, even in a little situation like that, I look at that as an opportunity to be a blessing to people. Now, I'm not going to say what I did or didn't do, but you have to be sensitive to the Lord because the Lord will give you opportunities 
to be a blessing. Finances exist to be a blessing. Yeah. And I'm not saying you can't be blessed or you can't have a nice house or drive a nice car. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying the greater purpose is to be a blessing. Um, and so in in being a blessing, God wants to bless you and make you a blessing. So so the blessing is is to you and it's for you, yep. but it's also through you. Mm-hmm. And so the purpose of wealth is to establish the covenant. And there's nothing more clear than generosity. Yeah. When, when you walk into a Muslim village and you say, in the name of Jesus, we are here to bring clean water to your mosque, to your house, to your family. Yeah. We are here. You're not thinking about us. You're not praying for us. You're not, but we are thinking about you. That is the clearest expression of goodwill. Why? Because we cannot tell you that we care about your eternal soul if we don't care about your temporary well-being. It doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. So, so you care that I will, you know, be in a lake of fire uh, forever, but you don't care that I'll have clean water now. Yeah. No, I care about both, and caring about you now is an expression of the reality of later. That was in James too, right? I mean, we're, we're talking about like which one? The clo- the clothing. Oh, of the- oh yeah, 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 yeah. And you see that in, in also First John's. Like you can't say that you love God, whom you haven't seen, and 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 your brother who you've seen if you don't show him love. And you know if if you're so if we're able to to be a blessing to yeah. people, then we should. And I think that that's you know generosity gives prosperity a purpose. Mm. So the goal is not to just acquire yeah. things for me, 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 me. But it's also that God would bless me so that it would flow through me. Mm. But I, too, have been uh, encountered by a generous and a loving God so that I am giving not yeah. from need or lack, but from abundance. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like this. I'm not going to starve my children to feed someone else's. It's because my children are fed that I can consider people whose children are not fed. And how would I feel if my kids were hungry? So, so to remember a hungry person, but it's in the context of my children are not hungry. I don't want my children to be hungry. And if my children were hungry, I would love for someone to step in and say, hey, man, we're here to help you. Yeah. So, so it's compassion, but also putting yourself in the reality is many of us are only a few bad decisions or, a, you know, or, or a real rough time away from a real bad situation. So we have to learn to, you know, have compassion, you know, um, you know, as it relates to how we treat people, as it relates to economics, um, but this this whole thing of, of of finances is really it's really a big thing because when you consider just on a practical level, how many hours a week do people spend doing their job? Well, what is the purpose of their job? The purpose of their job is earning a living for their family. So when we say religious stuff like, oh, I don't care about money. I mean, you can't tell me that. It's it's not it's not honest. It's it, it. You may be trying to say that you don't care about money the way you used to care about money, but we do care about money because we're considering our future and we're trying to be a blessing to people. It's just that money is not first. I think that that's what's very different about the Christian worldview. It's important, but it's not more important. You know. Um, yeah, so so that's you know, and, and when you think about how God God works, 
like the Exodus story. God makes Pharaoh pay for the nurture, for the education, and for the lifestyle of the man who is single-handedly going to break his empire. Pharaoh prayed for Moses to be breastfed by his own mother, to be nurtured in his house, to be educated in all the ways of Egypt, and then God was going to use him later to confront him and say, let my people go so they can come out and serve me. So you know that God is anti-slavery when he pulls about two, three million people out in one day. So how does God feel about slavery? He's opposed to it. He's opposed to economic oppression. And um, I, I think that we have to say no to the pharaohs of our day as well. But th this, is, this is really something. Look, look at how God, uh, how is God going to have the enemy pay for his own destruction? The silver and the gold is his. The children of Israel, they come out of Egypt with gold mm -hmm. and clothes. Gold, that was, that was not stealing. That was justice. Yeah. The, their hands mined that gold. That was justice. In fact, slaves who came out of Egypt had more than enough to build God a house and a tabernacle. They had more than enough. Moses had to say, okay, all right, stop. You know? So it's, it's possible to, eat, to prosper even in times where you're coming out. Where you're coming out of a difficulty, where you're coming through a hard situation, where you're coming out of bondage, you're coming out of slavery, you can prosper even during those times, you know? Uh, another thing to consider, this is really just the heart of God. Uh, the, the God who has no needs allows us to, his, to contribute to his kingdom that has no end. So God is not like tithe because God needs it. You need it. I need it. I don't mean just me as a pastor. Yes, of, of obviously you don't run a you know a church. I don't live for free. I don't I don't say AT and T. I'm a pastor. They go, oh, that's beautiful. We'll give you a free iPhone. No, I have bills to pay too. I'm not saying I don't need money. I need money the same way you need money. God doesn't need money. We need to put Him first. So when He says, I'll have no other gods before me. Let's say I refuse the tithe. Guess who's God? Mammon. Mammon is God. Or let's say I use my money for things that are destructive for me. Then that thing becomes before God because I refuse to honor God with what he gave me and then I'm giving away my strength and my future to something that will only destroy me. You know, so um, it, it's about value system. And think of this. G John, the revelator, is an old man. He sees Jesus hanging on a cross. He sees Jesus seated on a throne. And at the end of his life, he says this, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper. Uh, he says this, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in good health even as your soul prospers. It's important. It's very important, and it's not some prosperity gospel because we're trying to take stuff. That's not it. Mm -hmm. Prosperity begins on the inside. Mm -hmm. When I was in Haiti ministering to the pastors, we had about 60 people. You were there. Yeah. No. Uh, one of the things that I was addressing is that you will never overcome the reality of poverty unless you overcome the mentality of poverty. Yeah. And when you think of that, 
the, the, the mentality of poverty, the victim mindset, that's all rooted in orphans. Mm. No daddy, no father, no provider, no identity, no inheritance, no purpose. Yeah. So now lack is the situation. I'm in competition with everyone. I'm insecure. I'm touchy. I feel like I'm victimized. That's the opposite of love, mm-hmm. security, peace, provision, identity, inheritance, purpose, calling, generosity. I mean, you, you go to an orphanage and you take out candy and everyone. Yeah. Because it, that's the spirit of I've got to get. Mm-hmm. And we cannot, as, as kingdom people, churches cannot continue to be orphanages. Yeah. And people become your source when God's yes. the only source. Yes. And wh- whoever you believe is your source, that's who you'll live to please. Yep. So if I believe you're my source, I'll be light and sweet with you, gentle and nice. <laughs> I won't be honest or forthright because mm-hmm. I don't want to offend where mm-hmm. my promotion is coming from or where my blessing is coming from. But yep. if I love the Lord and I trust the Lord, then I'm not trying to um, please people. I'm not being obnoxious to try to be a jerk, but I'm not living to please people. I'm living to please the Lord, yeah. knowing that my provision and my promotion comes from Him, not from them. That's right. You know, that's, that's really... Um, a, a really important thing and um, you know God, there's many keys in the Bible of finances like th- just think of this one when you give to the poor you're lending to the Lord and it says and he will repay you to me that's an investment mm, yeah. I, I don't just look at when, when I give to a well or when I give to a water filter or to a feeding project or to a hurricane relief I'm telling you, I know people think I'm crazy. I believe I'm also investing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm investing in a market that will not crash. <laughs> yep. It will not crash. Mm-hmm. It will not crash. And um, anyway, th- th- there's, there's so much. Um, you know, the, the Bible talks more about economics than it talks about eternal life. Yeah. Not to say eternal life isn't real, but how we live here and how we relate to money here matters. I mean, just think of, we'll just do one last story. Think of the rich young ruler. We don't know his name because he didn't say yes because he didn't have riches. Riches had him. The rich young ruler was ruled by riches. Yeah. Jesus' whole offer to him, sell what you have, give it to the poor, and you'll have treasures in heaven. So Jesus was trying to make someone who was rich, really rich. Yeah, it was a good offer. It was a good offer. She didn't and see it. No, no. And, and that's, that's the danger of when our needs are met. Sometimes we don't discern the invitation of the Lord. Yeah. Like when you think of all the people that didn't make the marriage supper in the parable, one just got married, one just bought a field, one just bought oxen. They're not at, you know, uh, 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 and, uh, you know, they're not sniffing coke at an orgy party. <laughs> These are all reasonable people who didn't discern the invitation of the Lord because their practical needs were met. Yeah. That, that's really dangerous. And, and we all have to really, like, especially when we're doing good, we got to, like, shake ourselves, like, mm-hmm. hold on. <laughs> because success is far more dangerous than failure. Mm. How do I know? If we fail, we'll be taking an autopsy. We'll be like, man, why didn't that work? But when we succeed, we're not like, man, how did that work? We're just like, yeah. We're, and, and I'm not against success. I mean, I wrote a book on seven keys to success. I believe in godly success. But I also believe that we have to be real cautious when everything is going our way 
to make sure that we're still honoring the Lord and putting him first in all things. And that's not just about tithing, but it's about seeking the kingdom first. Like think about Nehemiah. Nehemiah was, was you know, he got an opportunity and before he even told the king what he wanted, he stopped and prayed. So I'm, I'm talking about really putting the Lord first in our pain, in our opportunity, in our finances, in our sexuality, really learning to honor the Lord first. Because if Jesus is Lord, then he must be first. So anyway, I just want to pray over those uh, people who they're anxious on the inside and they don't feel prosperous in their soul. They don't feel like they have excess in their soul, in their inner, inner life. Because Jesus said, and this is also about money, he said, what would it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? And what will a man give in exchange for his soul? What are you willing to give for your soul? Are you giving? Are you willing to give your soul away for just a little bit more money? M many times, people are willing to give their soul for some for for money, and money can't buy what their soul needs. So I want to just pray. Maybe you're struggling with feeling anxious or fearful, uh, or, or you have an ungodly connection to money because let's say your father walked out on you, and uh, and so then that that left you. Uh, with money as your security and maybe you saw your mother struggle or whatever it is father I just pray for your sons and your daughters Lord that they would experience abundance on the inside that they would be overwhelmed by peace overwhelmed by joy that they would experience the prosperity of soul and that would be the thing that shapes the reality of their life mm, and what yes. they steward i pray that they would achieve and hold on to godly success and walk in your blessing and your favor in jesus name amen bless you guys thanks for listening thanks for listening Adam Levecki here. On behalf of DK Kim and I, we want to thank you for listening to the Be Transformed podcast. If you have found this helpful, please subscribe, share, and review the podcast. Thanks again for listening to Be Transformed.